Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. So, thank you again for joining us. I'm Pastor Gabe. If you don't know who I am, even if you know who I am, I'm introducing myself anyway. Um, uh, We love y'all. We are glad that y'all are here. And this week, we are continuing our series, Searching for Truth. Searching for Truth. And we started off this series talking about the basis and the source of all truth, who is Jesus. And last week, we continued going into the lies that we believe about God because there's a lot of things that we believe about God that just are not true, that we picked up from different places or different things or sayings that people say. Like, for instance, if you've ever heard the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, that's not in the Bible. Most people think that it comes from the Bible or it comes some kind of, that's not in the Bible. It doesn't come from the Bible. And so we believe a lot of times phrases and things and cultures and traditions that God is a certain way. And we come to read and find out the truth of who he is. And there is more to him than meets the eye. And this week, the title of my message is The Lies We Believe About Ourselves. Because this is important to talk about and important to understand when it comes to trying to understand God, when it comes to trying to understand uh, ourselves, and when it comes to trying to understand what truth is. Because if we do not have a solid idea or foundation of who we are, then we will not, we will, it'll be harder for us to believe that there is anything else out there that has a solid foundation or a solid truth or a solid reality. Because if we're unsure about who we are, then we don't know. We might not know. We might believe one thing about God, but we might think it doesn't apply to us. And that's the title of my message today. The lies we believe about ourselves. And it reminds me, this sermon as I was preparing, it reminds me of The Lion King. And if you've ever seen The Lion King, not the remake, I heard it was terrible. I never actually watched it. But I heard it was terrible and that's why I didn't want to watch it. Because The Lion King was my favorite movie growing up as a kid. And as a kid, I literally took that movie everywhere with me. Like, it wasn't just a mental thing. I took it, I had a VHS copy. Some of you might not even know what that is. VHS copy of the movie. And I took it with me every place I went. I took it with me to family's house. I took it with me to restaurants. I took it, anytime we went out, I took it with me. And I had that movie memorized. I still do to this day. I, I, I can quote it word for word. If you were watch it, I could say the whole movie from memory, just going, going alongside of it. But one of my favorite scenes is the entire movie is the confrontation or, or the climax of the film when Simba realizes who he is, who he really is, and he remembers who he is. He has a conversation with the baboon Rafiki, the wise man of the king of the kingdom. And he, Rafiki is always my favorite character because he knows karate. And uh, he he's kind of crazy and he's kind of fun. And that's the, that was like, ah, I like this guy. He's like me. <laughs> he's like me. 
And so he has a conversation and confronts Simba. And Simba's like, this man is crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He just tries to ignore him. But then he tells him a truth. He says, yes, I know who you are. I know that you're Mufasa's son. And in that moment, that leads to a conversation where Simba is speaking to the clouds of Mufasa in the clouds. And he tells him, remember who you are. Remember who you are. And that is so critical. And it's the turning point of the movie because Simba then returns to the kingdom to take his rightful place. And like many of us, we are living out our lives, even believing and following Jesus, or are saying that we believe what God says about it, yet we buy into lies about who we are that just aren't true. And so we are living our lives saying that we know God, saying that we understand, but we don't understand ourselves. We don't understand who we really are. And God is working in our lives to try and get us to remember, to not forget who we are, to not forget who we are. And we believe lies, just like we believe lies about God for a number of different reasons. We believe lies about ourselves because it's, it's easier, it's easier it's easier to just believe what everyone else is saying or what, what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling about myself. It's easy. Because that means I don't have to do work to define myself. I don't have to make an effort to define myself. I, 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 I just want to coast. And even if it hurts and even if it doesn't make me feel good or is not true, I still will believe it. Yet God wants us to know that who we are is more than who we think we are. And so I'm going to start where I started last week. And I talked about the beginning. And I talked about how in the beginning we have the story of Adam and Eve in the garden in Genesis chapter 3. And in Genesis chapter 3, the serpent comes to Adam and Eve and tempts them to believe that they are not who God says they are. And they tempt, he tempts them to believe to be, something that is untrue of who God is. And so in that same vein of the story is something that they failed to believe about who they really were. And because of that, they were able to fall into sin and they were able to be, believe the lie about themselves that were not true. And the truth of who they were is found in Genesis chapter 26, 1, 26 to 27. And it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we have to start here. We have to start at the beginning to know what the Bible says about us. That humanity was created in the image of God. Humanity was created in God's 
likeness. And yet it all fell apart and we started to believe the lies just two chapters later in Genesis chapter 3 where the serpent said, do you really believe what God has said to you? And he tells them, see, if you take the fruit, then you will be like God. The lie they believed in that moment was contrary to what God had just spoken over them, what God had let them know about who he was and who they were. He says, you are created in my image. And yet, when the serpent came to tempt them, he challenged that immediately and says, you are not like God. But if you take control, if you believe this lie, then you will be like God. You will be like God. So it was a lie. It was a lie that started all of this. And that's why we call the devil the father of lies. Because he loves to lie and he's good at it. And that's the problem with lies. Problem, the problem with lies is they're easy to believe because they sound true. They, they make sense. They, they, they seem logical. They, 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 they are easy to believe because we can look at ourselves in the mirror. And when it comes to lies about ourselves, we, when we look in the mirror, we're like, yeah, that's true. I am rude. I am mean. I am a bad person. I, I'm not a good friend. I, I, I don't have, I'm not enough. I won't ever be enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough, strong enough. I'm not, I don't have what it takes. And we look at our lives and we look at ourselves in the mirror and we fall for these lies because it's easy. It's easy to believe the lies. Because then we look at our life. We look at what we've done up until that point. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. God must not love me. I must not be good enough. I must not be smart enough. I must not matter. Because nothing seems to, to tell me otherwise. Nothing seems to tell me otherwise. And those are those, these are the lies that we, we, we trust in. We trust in a culture and a world that tells us that we're not good enough. So because we're not good enough, we, we always need to buy more. We always need uh, to, to get more stuff, to get more money, to get more things. And if you have the things, then you will be good enough. But the problem is, is that if we continue to believe that, we're never going to get to the end of that. We're always going to need and want more. We, we believe the lie that we, we don't have matter, we don't matter, that we don't have purpose, that nothing in the universe matters, that, that the world is simply just going along its way, and in the end, we just die, and that's it. There's nothing after, nothing there, and we believe it. It's like, well, you know, I've never seen anything to the contrary, so it must be true. What I'm doing doesn't make, doesn't seem to be making a difference. And even when I try to do good, or even when I try to be good, it doesn't seem to work. So we believe the lie, because it's easy. We believe the lie that we're defined by our stuff. We believe the lie that we're defined by the things that we have. We're defined by what we do. 
That is one of the biggest things in American culture is that you are defined by your job, your work, how much money you make. You know, to the point where there are even some people who have legitimate professions that aren't seen as a real profession. I'm one of those. As a pastor, I've, had to, I've told people before, it's like, well, you know, I'm a minister, I'm a pastor, I work at a church. Oh, but what's your real job? That, that's, that's my real job. Like, I get paid to do, I don't know if you know that. Like, I get paid to do this. That's my job. This is what I do every day. That's my, my livelihood. I saw a video uh, of a comedian talking about how he had to apply for a new passport. And they asked him, so what's your profession? And he goes, well, a comedian. She slammed her hand on the table and says, no, where does your money come from? He's like, TikTok? TikTok? <laughs> He's like, I'm a comedian. That's what I do. And so we, we believe, we buy into the lie that we are defined by our profession. If we don't have a respectable profession or a respectable job, then we're not worth enough. We're, we're not worth enough if we only work minimum wage jobs. We're not worth enough if we, we flip burgers. That was something that I was always told growing up. It's like, well, if you don't do, go to college, then you're just going to end up flipping burgers. And that's like terrible. We're defined by this. And we believe it. We, we believe that we're, uh, 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 we believe that we're defined by our accomplishments. If we haven't accomplished enough, we look at ourselves and say, I must not matter because I haven't done anything. I must not matter because I'm not productive. I must not matter. I'm, I'm not enough because I, I don't have value because I don't fit the standard for beauty in this world. I don't fit the standard for excellence in this world. And so we believe these lies. We believe these whys, but why? Why? Like I said, one, because it's easy. It's easy to believe it. It's easy to just go with the flow. Because to work against lies or work against something that you've been told to all your life, that's work. And who wants to work? We already work enough for a little on our day-to-day lives, and we're like, I don't want to work on myself now. I just want to go home, lay down, and that's enough. It doesn't matter if I don't think that that's true or I don't know what to do otherwise. Because lies are easy to believe. Lies are easy to believe. Lies are easy to believe because they we think that if we just buy into it, then we're in control then we're in control. And it seems like that doesn't make sense, but it's just like anything else in this world. If we don't have to put in effort and we just accept things, then we're like, well, you know, I'm in control of that. It might be true. It might be a lie. Who knows? But I'm in control. So I will decide that that is the truth for me. So we believe lies because we believe that we're in control. We believe the lies that we tell ourselves because it's hard to work on them. It's hard to work on the opposite. It's hard to believe that we are loved by God. Because we look at our mistakes, the things we've done, or the value that we have not added to the world, and we say, God must not love me 
So I'm just going to go ahead and believe what I've been told, that I'm not enough or I won't amount to anything. I'm not enough because I don't think the same as everybody else or do what everybody else wants me to do. So we get trapped in these cycles. We believe these lies, and then we start telling them to ourselves. We start repeating the lies in our head. We start repeating the things in our head over and over and over again. And what happens is, is that when we decide to take a lie and repeat it in our heads, it becomes our truth. It becomes reality for us. It becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. If we tell ourselves, I will never amount to anything, you never will because you will be stuck in that place. That's how not only that, that, that's how biology works. Our brains create new pathways when we think things. And the more we think something, the, the more reinforced it is in our mind. And so the more we say it, the more we believe it, the more it becomes our truth. And the harder it is to fight against it. The harder it is to fight against it. We will repeat and repeat and repeat. These, uh, John Acuff, an author, he calls these broken soundtracks. This soundtrack that is there in the back of our mind, constantly playing over and over again. And I like that image because the, the one thing about broken soundtracks, the one thing about things that are on repeat, means that we can take it off. We can stop it. We can do something about it. We can do something about the lies that we believe in our lives. We can do something about the things that we have, have become truths to us. We can change. We can grow. We can believe and find the truth about ourselves. But that... That comes with some work. It comes with some effort, and it's a journey that is not easy. It's a journey that we have to take, though, if we want to be able to become who God created us to be. And so the journey to becoming that, the journey to fighting the lies, starts, one, with understanding who we are in God. And that starts with first knowing that we are created in his image. That we are created in the image of God. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? What, what, what does it mean to be in the image of God? Well, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that we actually look like God or that God looks like us. I don't know. You know, God could have six wings and six arms. Have you ever read the Bible's description of angels? Like, there is a reason that they say, do not be afraid. There is a reason that sometimes they appear, the Bible tells us, they will appear as men in white robes, just plain white robes, because their real forms are terrifying. 
We read pictures of the Bible that tells us there are angels that are covered in eyes all over their body, six wings, four faces on their heads, and things like that. There are angels that look like children covered in flaming wheels. They're they're terrifying creatures. And so the Bible is, is, they're right to say, do not be afraid because you might have a heart attack. So I don't know, that doesn't mean that God looks like us. That doesn't mean that God looks like us. It doesn't mean being created in the image of God doesn't mean that God is like humanity either. That's something that we discussed last week in the lies that we believe about God. We believe that God is like us. God isn't like us, but we are like God. It's the reverse. We try to build God in our image when really we are built in God's image. So to be created or to be made in the image of God, to carry the image of God as a human being means that we can reflect the goodness and the truth of who God is. See, God is a lot of things. God is powerful and we will never be as powerful as God. God knows everything. We will never know everything like God knows. No. But we are capable of a lot, too. God is a creative God. And many of us, we are, all of us, have been gifted in some way that expresses the creativeness of God. And we might not believe that or think about it because typically when we think about creativity, what do we think about? Artsy stuff. Music. Things like that. It's like, oh, the, the people who do those things, those are creative people. Those are creative people. But there is creativity in so much that we do. That we are able to be in God's image, created in God's image and create. Because he has put that in us. The image of God in us is creative. There's so much beauty in the world that you can do. Yes, you can be artsy and you can draw and you can paint or this and that. That is creative. But you can also be creative through music. You can also be creative through design, through writing, through helping others. You can be creative as an athlete. I don't know if you've seen some videos that athletes do. That's the most impressive stuff I've ever seen sometimes. I don't know how they do that. How they even think, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to figure out how to balance a person on one hand or what. You know, they do all this stuff. And it's like, that, that's amazing. We have this creative ability that God has put in us. It also means being created in the image of God. It means we're creative. But being created in the image of God also means that we have the capacity to love. See, God is love. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 John, God is love. And so humanity then has the capacity to love people, to love others, to love like God has loved. I used to believe that it was impossible for humanity to truly love like God loves. And to some extent, that is true. We will never get to the level that love of love that God has, the, the, the divine level of love. But we are capable of loving like God loves. And by that I mean unconditionally. Unconditionally. 
Because a lot of times human love is bound by conditions. I love you because, insert thing here. You do this for me. You do that for me. You ever ask a, 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 a you ever see couples and stuff like that? I always, I always get asked, especially when we were dating, uh, me and Lajinska were dating, and they would ask us, you know, well, why do you love each other? <laughs> why do you love each other? Why do you, and so what, what, what are people expecting? They want an answer. They want a sub, substantial answer. You have to love them for a reason. It can't be just for nothing. It can't be just for the sake of love. There has to be conditions. And that's what people put conditions on love. And that's often what human love is. But God's love is unconditional, meaning that it has no, no strings attached. No there's no rational explanation to it other than that he is God and he is the essence of love. But we have that capacity. Have you ever had a pet that no matter what it does, you will love it? <laughs> that no matter how much it hurts you, I have two cats. And people will say cat people are crazy. And I've seen memes about it, how they're like, oh, I love my cat. And you're scratched up and bleeding. and That's me. <laughs> your, 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 pets, your, your, your pets can do nothing at times. Where you're like, no, I still love you, though. I still love you. And we have people like that in our lives, too. Not just pets. There are people in our lives that we say, there is nothing that you can do that will make me stop loving you. So it's possible. We have the capacity to love like God loves in us. It's there. It's, it's possible. To be, to be created in the image of God also means that we are created for community. And that sounds weird. But God in and of himself is community. He is the perfect example of community. See, we believe that God is Father and God is Son and He is the Holy Spirit, yet He is one God, yet He is in perfect community and unity within Himself. And so we look at that, and even what God said when He created humanity, He created Adam, and He said, it's not good for man to be alone. He needs someone else. Now, it wasn't necessarily talking about he needs a wife, so it's okay if you don't get married. It's all right. Being single is all right. But it's not okay that we try to do life alone. It's not okay that we try to do things on our own because we are created to be in community with each other. And all of these things, and I could go on, the list can go on and on and on of how we are created in God's image, but there is so much to unpack there, but we have to get the, the core of that, that we are God's image, that we carry God's image with us. So if that is true, that means the lies that we believe about ourselves are also are, are untrue. They are not truth. We, we tell ourselves, I don't have value. But we do have value because we were created in God's image and we are loved by God unconditionally. We, we think that I, I'm not good enough 
Because we don't conform to the ways of the thing, or things that are creativity and productivity, and we don't produce or do what everybody else does. But God says, you do have value and you are good enough because there is more to it than what human terms can define. You have value because you are not, not, not because of anything else. We are, we, we define ourselves oftentimes by what people will say instead of what God says. The lies that we believe are untrue because it is not coming from truth itself. It is not becoming coming from God himself. Because anyone in this world can tell us something and we can believe it's true. But the moment we will find the truth of who God says we are, that lie can shatter. That's like we, we just sang. I am a child of God. I've been set free. That, that's what being in God's image means. That we have value. That we are loved. That we are cared for. That we have purpose. That we have purpose. That we matter. And I found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, this passage that the Apostle Paul wrote is a beautiful picture of how we can demolish lies in our lives. This is a beautiful picture of everything that we tend to believe all packed up into one because our lies have roots. They, they have a core to them. They ultimately come back and attack the fact that we are created in the image of God. They attack the fact that we are lo- not loved, that we are loved. They attacked the fact that we are purpose and we matter. They attack that by telling us and bringing shame on us. But the word of God tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, follow me for a second. It says, as for you, all of you who are listening online right here and here in this church, this moment, You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among uh, them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. This part right here tells us, look, yeah, the world is going to tell you you're undeserving, that you have messed up, you have, but you're, you're broken, you're not enough, you're not this, you're not that. We were walked among that at one point, but, but, Paul writes, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. Even when we lived in the lies and our sin and our brokenness, it is by grace you have been saved. In other words, there is nothing that you can do There is nothing that you can do that will earn you salvation. You could never work to be good enough. You could never find yourself in a place where you will do enough or be enough to be good enough. Because you don't have to. Because you are already saved by grace. 
saved by grace. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, but it is a gift of God, not by works, so that anyone, so that no one can boast. For Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork. Another version of this verse says, we are God's masterpiece. We are God's completed artwork. We are his image created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Just in that, just in that verse, verse 10, it tells us you, you, you are going to be told and you are going to want to believe that you are not enough, but you, you're enough. You're God's masterpiece. You are enough because of him who made you. You're going to want to believe that you have not done enough in this world. But God says, don't worry. I have already prepared good things for you to do. You're going to believe, want to believe that you have no purpose and that you do not matter. But God says, look, I, I, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. There is still much for you to do. There is still much for you to work on. We're going to want to believe that we are not loved. We're going to want to believe that we are not loved. But God tells us in his word right here in this passage, but God has saved us and he has given us his gift. Why? Because of who he is, because of the kindness that he has, because of the love that is himself. We cannot, and I'm about to finish here, we cannot forget who we are. We cannot forget who we are. We, uh, to echo what I said at the beginning of this message, like Mufasa told Simba, remember who you are because you're going to live in a world whose voices are competing to tell you just that. They are going to tell you who you are, who you need to be, who you're supposed to be, how to get there. But God says, remember do you know what made Simba worthy? Because he should have been unworthy. He ran away. He avoided his responsibilities. He was living in fear. He didn't want to go back and confront his past. The mistakes he made, the things that he was believed that believed he believed were his fault. He shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been worthy. But Mufasa told him, remember who you are. You are my son. And God tells us today, 
the world will want to tell you a lie and want you to make and want to make you believe that it's truth it will tell you you're not enough it'll tell you you're not worthy It'll tell you you're never going to be good enough. You never will make enough, be enough, be beautiful enough. But God looks at us and says, remember, though, who you are. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are my child. And because of that, no lie that the enemy sets up against us, when we hold on to that truth, when we will grasp a hold of it and run with it and walk with it, no lie that the enemy will tell us, no lie that the world will tell us can get through because he is surrounding us and walking with us because he is a good father who walks and protects us and loves us and reminds us who we are. Would you stand with me this afternoon? So don't forget today, I want you to know if you're here or if you're watching in person, don't forget, you matter. You are loved. You have purpose. You have value. You are God's beloved child. And he wants you to know that. And it's not just for those who believe. It's not just for those who believe, who who say, I follow Jesus. It's not just those who believe who is created in the image of God, humanity. Not just you or me or those who say, I believe in Jesus. No, but all of humanity whom God looks at and says, you are loved because you are my child. Don't forget. Don't let the world drown out my voice. Let my truth break through the lies. So let's let him do that today. Let's let his truth break through the lies today. And next week, we're going to talk about how we can discern truth in a world where there is fake news and false truths and other things that we're not sure. And we're going, to, we're going to figure out how to do that. But today, most importantly, we need to know who God is and that God is love and that we are loved. And so if you want to know Jesus today, that Jesus, that God who loves you, who says you are enough, let, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want every head bowed, eye closed in this moment. And just say this. It's a simple prayer, simple sentence. Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know your love. So here I am. I give you my life. And if you prayed that prayer right now, I'll pray for you. Father, we welcome these new believers, these new followers, these people who are seeking you in this moment to this family, to your family, to this church, to your church. We surround them with love. We surround them with prayer. 
We surround them with kindness, God, to know that they are beginning a new journey in which in this moment, your word says they have become a new creation. That they have been given a new opportunity at life and that they are not alone in the struggles that they will face and that you, day by day, will help them to know you more and help them to walk like you walked on this earth, God, to be like Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you for that change today. And for those of us who are here and we are following Jesus, God, and we're having difficulty believing the lies right now, right now we pray against that. Your word says we set up ourselves against every argument that would come against the truth of God and that we take it captive to the mind of Christ and that we would tear down the lies that the enemy would tell us. We tear down the lies that the world would tell us. We tear down the lies that we have believed. So help us in that journey. Help us replace those broken soundtracks with your truth. Help us fight against the voices that will seek to discredit you. Help us to trust in you and know that we are loved and that we are your children, God. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.